0: pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country black buffalo tobacco alternative bold flavor full pouches
1: with your amex card entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select campus events while supplies last make every tap music to your ears getting ready to take on spring
2: Snaps is presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Remember, football season is coming. There's no better place to start making every moment more than with FanDuel. Look, man, I love college football. Okay, I love the NFL. I like college football. Futures, win totals, Heisman bets, all of that, and it's all there for me on FanDuel. It's all kind of great promos going on all the time as well. If you want to take advantage of some great deals, get a little bang for your buck. Look, there's a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It's because it's easy to use, it's safe and secure, you get your winnings fast, and uh, if you're into parlays, like I know many of us are, right? Wait, <laughs> mean, who doesn't want to turn five bucks into a couple of thousand, right? Well, guess what? You can do same-game parlays, you can uh, do do you know multiple team parlays, whatever you want. They even have the most popular same-game parlays for you each day right when you log in. So, act now. And use the promo code SNAPS and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this football season. Again, that's SNAPS, S N A P S. Must be 21 and president in select states only. Gambling problem? 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342. Arizona. Call 1 800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Colorado, Indiana, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1 888 789 7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut. 1 800 9 with it. Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee, Red Line, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming, or visit www www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. happening y'all welcome back to the volume youtube channel 2 p.m eastern 1 p.m central every single day myself t bob a bear uh and aaron Murray. i made it sound like three different people me my name is t bob a bear i used to play center (laughs) at lsu i am joined by one of the former sec best quarterbacks in conference history mr aaron murray the georgia bulldog himself erin
3: what's up man how you feeling on this wednesday I am feeling good. Another day closer. We are, I guess you can say one sleep away from SEC football. And and I know we had a little preview this past weekend with Vanderbilt. So I'm excited about that. And some other big time matchups on Thursday night. Like This is really the beginning of week one is one sleep away. So when you put your head down tonight to rest, just know when you wake up tomorrow, (laughs) Thursday, you're going to get Amazing football, collegiate football, starting Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So, man, I'm I'm excited. It's it's here. Uh, I'm like a kid the night before Christmas, a kid the night before his birthday. I just can't wait to wake up tomorrow to all these these beautiful presents.
2: Yeah, that's how you know you have little kids. You're using the one sleep away uh, language, sleep away. right? That's how you that's how you tease them. I will say this. So I got an argument this morning, right? Because I, too, am like, you know, this weekend it finally all begins. And they're like, whoa, that's super disrespectful to last week, and dude. Week zero. Look, right now, what today feels like is like we've been on this super long road trip, mm-hmm. right? And we're into like the last 30 minutes, which compared to the other eight hours you've been in the car is nothing. It's 30 minutes. But... The situation where you're kind of looking at the clock and it feels like it should have been five minutes, but it's only two. Last week was not arriving at the end of the road trip. It was like stopping at a gas station that had like a really nice bathroom, right? The seat wasn't warm. It smelled great, very clean. No puddling of water on the ground. Maybe it even had one of those great like gas station culinary scenes where mm-hmm. you get, um, you know, like every now and then somebody's just got an absolute gem of a station that's a bit of a local dive. That's what week zero was week one. We will finally have arrived and it starts tomorrow with the backyard brawl and pit and WU. I'm so excited. You know, I'm rolling with my boy JT, but that's not where we're starting with today. Aaron, we're starting with your boys. So on yesterday's show, we talked about probably the biggest game of the week in Notre Dame, Ohio state today. Let's start with the second biggest game of the weekend, uh, two mm-hmm. conference favorites, as Actually, maybe the team that will finish second in both conferences, as Oregon and UGA will be taking on one another in the Georgia Dome this weekend. And look, we have it here. Can Oregon pull off the upset? I ain't worried about that. Duck that, Aaron. Can Georgia cover the 17? That's what I'm worried about. Well, first off, what do you think, dude? How are we feeling about this Georgia team Going through a similar experience, what LSU did a couple years, losing a ton of people to the draft, a ton of people to the draft. That's all I'm saying, dude. Lost your yes. wide receiver coach to LSU too. You know, don't forget that. Um, uh-huh. and lost a you know a wide receiver to the team you beat in the Natty as well. How are you feeling about this exodus <laughs> of talent? Can
3: Georgia reload and replace? I will say that the biggest difference is Kirby Smart to Edo. I think that 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 gives Georgia fans a little bit of confidence, and, and you would know Edo better than. Than me, but as an outsider looking into that program, not as structured as what Georgia is to be able to build for long-term success. Then you also have to consider the, the COVID year that occurred right after. So not only did LSU have to replace all those starters, a Heisman Trophy winner, the first-round talent, the, the the probably the best offense I've ever seen in my entire life, and I'm I've seen I've seen 31 years of football, so I'm you know I've seen a lot of it. This is by far that was the best offense. And then, once again, to, to not have the opportunity for spring, summer, and, and, and a legitimate fall camp, you knew they were going to struggle. Georgia has not had to deal with that. You know They've had the opportunity to find some replacements for key positions on the defense there. side of the football. I think they return a lot of really good players, too. I think one of the best players in the country, and, and, and I swear every time I turn the film on last year, Jalen Carter. I mean, from yeah. the very first game, I'm like, you know, I'm watching N'Kobe. I'm watching for Jordan Davis. You know, Those big guys, they're hard to miss. But I'm looking at it, I'm like, who the hell is number 88? And, and I'm like flipping through my Phil Steele's, like, who is this Jalen kid? And every single week, man, the dude's just dominating, dominating. He's he's making plays in the backfield. He's, shoot, he's he's playing fullback, blocking two guys at the goal <laughs> line for an easy touchdown. Like, that's how versatile, that's how dominant he can be. You got Nolan, you got Keeley, you got Chris Smith, you got Will Poole. I think the defense will be fine. They're, they're not going to be. The elite defense we saw last year, but they're still going to be a top five defense. I'm confident saying that. I look at the offense. I think the offense takes a major step in the right direction. Stetson has had the time. He's got a fresh new haircut. I think we get some images of that. My man's feeling juicy right now. He's got the best tight ends in America. He's got the best receiving core that Georgia's had in probably the past four or five years. I like the offensive line. Backs are a little bit of a question because of some 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 injuries going on in fall camp, but Overall, this is going to be Todd Mungin's best group of of skill and now experienced quarterback in the system ready to head into the season. So while the defense may take a step back, offense takes a step forward, Uh, this is still the premier team in the East and still a team that most likely will be in Atlanta fighting Alabama for, for, for a chance to get into the playoffs, a chance to win the SEC championship. So big challenge. I love it. Going against Oregon this weekend prime time you got your former defensive coordinator dan landing now the head coach for the ducks the 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 mind games going into this especially offense versus defense they saw each other so much in practice they know each other's schemes that's at the end of the day when it comes to just you know throw out the x's and o's screw that we always say it It ain't about that it's about the jimmies and the joes and right now i still believe the jimmies and the joes that are going to be wearing the red and black come saturday are better than them ducks on the other side
2: yeah, and, and and it's interesting you mentioned Todd Munkin, right? Because a former Saban assistant himself, uh winning that national championship last year over Saban had to feel great, right? It's almost like he got the Munkin off his back.
3: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. You're feeling yourself. Okay,
2: man. okay. Yeah, that's that's the correct way to <laughs> uh to answer that. Look, here's here's my point on Oregon. And let's be clear at 17 point favorites, dude. Um, George is gonna win the game like I have no doubt about that. Georgia is going to beat Oregon. It doesn't matter how badly. And I and I got in an argument earlier today because Oregon, you know, they have all the returning starters, right? From a 10-win team, 10 and 4, but still a 10-win team. Georgia lost all this talent. First off, Returning starters is a stat that can cut both ways. It kind of depends on the quality of the starters. Now, in Oregon's case, it's not a horrible argument, right? This is not like some three and nine team returning a bunch of guys. No, they they went 10 and four. Um, they return an elite offensive line. Uh, they have a very good, good interior defensive line. Noah Sewell's back, Penny Sewell's brother who plays linebacker. Um, and so Oregon does have some quality, but the problem is when you look at their offseason as a whole, they lost some very key pieces, right? So you have some returning talent, but you lose arguably, probably your best player in Travis Die, the running back who went to USC, rushed for what was it? I think fourteen or fifteen hundred yards, like sixteen touchdowns last year. You got worse mm-hmm. at QB, bringing in e- Bo Nix, e- and e- you brought in a new head coach. Give me the look at the numbers, dude. Uh, look no. at the numbers. Yeah, but like the had him for over thirteen
3: hundred more yards than than Nix did. And Bo had no no support last year at Auburn. Go, you watch the film for Auburn, and and Bo was Superman over and over and over again. And the, the 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 steps that he took as a quarterback last season, I thought were tremendous. I think he's a guy with huge potential, playmaking ability with his arms, with his legs. That had zero supporting cast around him last year. Offensive line wasn't very good. I'm just was watching film this morning actually of their bowl game. Dudes are getting. I know he wasn't playing in that, but just the, the support around him was, was uh, below average. I'll say that. They had receivers running around like cows grazing in a field. No definition to routes. Dudes didn't care about getting open. Uh, he, once again, he had to run around like a chicken with its head cut off, trying to find a way to be creative. Like he was a one man team on the offense along with Tank. So you put him in a better situation at Oregon hopefully a better supporting cast, I think you're actually upgrading at the quarterback position. I'm bullish. If Bo is the starting quarterback, and I think we all know it's going to be Bo, if he's yeah. starting QB, I think that's an upgrade for Oregon.
2: Uh, look, certainly a great offensive line is going to help Knicks immensely yep. in that regard. Uh, I don't love the wide receiver room, uh, and it, it's it's kind of odd here in 2022 um, you know, you always want to be strong in the trenches, obviously, right? But when your weaknesses are potentially at quarterback and wide receiver, and it seems like the value of those positions go up every single year, as uh, we watch who's winning championships, that's uh, maybe a bit of a red flag. Look, I think Oregon's going to be good, right? I, I, I think they're going to be second uh, or third in the pac 12 i just don't think they're going to be on georgia's level man and i don't think bo Nix, at least here in game one wants to see this georgia defense that may have lost a lot but they still have a ton dude you talk about jalen carter probably the best interior mm-hmm. defensive lineman in the entire country you still got nolan smith the former number one overall player in the country who finally started last year and was excellent it looked like you know what you expect the number one player to look like. Uh, here's a name that I found a bit interesting that I came across Aaron Reno up on the Bulldogs, and that's Tykey Smith. This is a cat who was excellent at West Virginia for a couple of years. Now, Georgia did not take in a transfer this season, but they did take in Tyke previous to last season. He ends up getting hurt. He doesn't get to play. Exodus of talent. Now Tyke Smith gets back on the field with a better unit than he's ever been a part of that is very exciting. So defensively, is still going to be elite. I think Bo Nix is going to struggle. I think in Dan Lanning, sure, you have a coach that knows the personnel, but it's like you said, it's the Jimmy and Joes, dude. There's only so much Dan can do to try to overcome, and arguably that's another downgrade from Oregon going from Mario Cristobal to Dan Lanning so I may be a crazy person dude but I'm taking Georgia I already got the money in already got the 17, on 17. I'm taking points, Georgia to cover the 17. yeah bro yeah. come on what am I'm, I more I'm, of a
3: homer than you are
2: you coward this is nothing,
3: and this is always so funny like if I if I put out there in the in, in on social media or a show like this that I'm not taking Georgia with the points people get crazy like oh my god and we're taking away you're you're red and black, and you're yep. not a true dog. I'm like yep. I'm not saying it. that Georgia's Oh that <laughs> Screw shit. You. Screw you. Don't don't <laughs> you start this crap. Uh, yes. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying that Georgia's going to lose the game. I'm just saying 17 is a lot of damn points for the first game of the season against a very good football team still in Oregon that returns a lot on both sides. I think Georgia wins the game 31-17, 28-14. So it, it's going to be a two-score game. Just seventeen man is a lot of points. Um, I wish I wish so not had a yet. coward not stamp. I wish
2: he had a coward stamp. It's nothing that he to do with coward. Your I'm, trying right now. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to
3: educate my people on the the right financial moves to make and and take out the the the, the being the homer and that there's a Georgia helmet behind me. The smart decision here is that's a lot of points against a very good team. And, you know, Georgia still does need to answer the question, are they able to be Alabama? Are they able to reload and not just rebuild? I think they are, but I want to be able to see that. And, and, and I am still very bullish at Oregon with the, with the players they have with Dan Lanning, knowing the personnel at Georgia. I mean, this is, this is, this is a a factor. He knows that roster. He knows the strengths. He knows the weaknesses of the players on defense. He knows the strengths and weaknesses of the players on offense. He knows how to push those buns. He knows how to put that offense into unique uh, positions yes. based on going against them for the past couple of years. I'm going to take that into account to make sure that uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, man, it's going to be about a 14-point game. I don't like that extra field goal
2: yeah get out of here dude bo Nick sucks okay you can explain <laughs> fourth and two look and i suffered at the hands of bo nicks last, last year he played good last year Nix. versus
3: georgia yeah he it played was good unbelievable. Last year he played
2: georgia. great against LSU. sure whatever dude i'm selling i'm selling nicks i'm buying kirby i'm buying studson well am i buying studson i guess that's the question we've talked about it on this program before this is actually the first time in which stetson bennett has gotten to enjoy the title of qb1 for an entire offseason um which when i first hear that i'm like oh that's very exciting dude right like all of a sudden stetson bennett now with the belief of his coaches with a clear uh place in the hierarchy well you know that's that's he, he should be better than ever right well, I'm not so fast because I came across this picture today. Oof. And what you see on the left here, or your left, my right, I don't understand how this works, the floppy hair Stetson, that's blue-collar Stetson. Yep. That's getting the extra rep Stetson. That's chip-on-the-shoulder Stetson. All of a sudden, you get a natty MVP, and you go full mm. F-boy with the fade and the gold chain and the black tee. The tie is gone. I'm, I got character concerns here, Aaron. Stetson versus studson i feel like he may have lost a little bit of that juice dude I, I like i don't know if he has the same drive that drove him to constantly try and prove the doubters wrong anymore that is a man who looks like he's arrived dude i'm worried about studson
3: major concerns well okay first off it, it's pretty high and tight i think he does have a haircut deal with with probably fantastic sames or great clips there in athens and it's not
2: even a good you know, fade. It's, it's a bad fade, also to be a, painfully aggressive clear. it looks like aggressive fade
3: yeah, it's it's an aggressive fade. I, I I will say this there's still a lot of doubters out there in, in Georgia, and there's still a lot of people that are saying Carson Beck should get the job that Brock Vandergriff is looked good in spring and fall, and that you know Brock should get the job. And so Stetson still has it, plenty of ammunition of people doubting him. You know, you look at all the preseason polls of top quarterbacks in the SEC, most of them had him, I don't know, seven or eighth in the SEC. And that's a, yeah. that's, that's that's behind guys. Who have barely played that's behind guys who've never even taken a snap in the sec they have him behind and he's the only one remind you that has a national championship he's the only one that was an mvp in both the orange bowl and the national championship and still is getting that disrespect so there's plenty of bulletin board material for my nicely faded stetson bennett uj quarterback to motivate him to get going this year the one thing that is 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 worrisome. If if you want to think about it like this, it's always easy being the backup because expectations are low. You come in there, you play great, people love you. You come in there, you pay like mm-hmm. crap. No one cares. You're the backup. And you weren't supposed to yeah. be playing in the first place. Stetson came in there, exceeded expectations. Was a, a fairy still fairy tale story. That's awesome. We we're all jumping on Stetson Bennett. He's our savior. He's the one that won a championship. Let's write. Let's ride off into the to the sunset. Now he is a starter. Now there are expectations of hey, you want a championship? Go do it again. So that's more of the heat that I'm worried from him. It's not, you know, are you you you're confident in your ability? Is now can he handle the pressure of being QB one, of being the guy that won a national championship, of being the guy that has now been given every opportunity to excel? Because once again, if he did not perform last year. The excuse I had for him, the excuse everyone had for him was, well, he didn't have enough time to practice. He didn't have enough time yeah. with the ones. He didn't get that time with the offensive line, the communication, all that goes into it. He didn't, well, now you have. So there are no excuses for Stetson, who has the best supporting cast that Georgia quarterback has had in the past five years, to not go out there and kick some ass. So he can't There you go, dude. You There's sold- no crutch. There's okay. no crutch.
2: Georgia minus 17. We believe in Stetson. Brum, bring up the picture one more time. Uh, last point on Stetson here. He looks a lot like Timothy Chalamet.
3: JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics NIL deals, J-Labs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com
0: to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine, Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA.
2: Uh, especially floppy-haired Stetson. If you do a side-by-side of Chalamet and Stetson, you'll see exactly what I mean. By the way, Dune, fantastic movie. Cam Newton, fantastic college quarterback. Uh, the best college player that I have ever seen uh, with my own two eyes. I'll I'll, I'll never forget at the time back in twenty ten, when I was on the lSU team and we and we played Auburn, we were all watching DBZ at the time, and we used to call Cam Newton final form Frieza because that's how powerful he was. So imagine my shock when I walk in here and I see this quote from Kyle Whittingham on Anthony Richardson from Florida. And make no mistake when you're talking about this weekend, Utah, Florida, the, the week one, there is not a team that must win more than the Utes, but Kyle Woodham says, quote, you have to account for the QB in the run game every single down. The guy reportedly is four, three speed at that size. It's incredible. It's Cam Newton ish type of numbers with his physical stature and his ability to run. Um, look, I love Anthony Richardson's body as much as the next person does, right? Um, <laughs> he has miles and miles to go before I'm going to grant him anything yes. in the realm of Cam Newton status, outside of what and what we didn't have is getting at is they're both big as hell and super fast, right? Obviously. Yes. Uh, but one thing that I don't know that I've seen out of Richardson, granted, it was a bit of a limited window last year that separated Cam Newton, not even just throwing the ball, just running the ball. What Cam doesn't always get credit for was he was so smooth he was mm-hmm. liquid smooth that's how i used to always describe him it's like when bruce lee's like bruce lee talks about you know be like water like water takes on the shape of whatever container is required of it like cam newton was never quick and jerky in his motions he would just move his hip just enough for you to fly by little shoulder roll here slip on through it was it T-box, was unreal man crush
3: monday over here man i just do to look what respect where respect is due. cam is newton like...
2: was fantastic fantastic i saw him win a heisman firsthand well, when i watched him run through our entire defense and stiff arm like pat hearts, peterson into the end zone dude hearts are on uh, the point for, is for cam no Anthony Richardson is not Cam Newton just yet, um, and I guess I'll ask you: What do you think Anthony Richardson can be here in in, in a year, first year, fully starting under Billy Napier?
3: Well, he's going to have to be Cam Newton, and, and and going back to that 2010 team, we we, you know, we played them. We talked about yesterday how I had every yeah. bo- <laughs> bone in my body essentially broken. If you've not seen it, go watch 2010. Nick Fairley, Aaron Murray. And uh, you'll have some sympathy for me. I, I show my wife, and I'm like waking up. I'm like, Egh. she said, Stop bitching and moaning. And, you know, yeah, Cam's a freak. Uh, that, Nick fairly killed me. But going back to what Cam did that year, he had no support on offense, very little support. Like he had to be Superman with his little chest uh, to, to, to win a national championship. That's when the comparisons really come at it for me. Because if Florida's going to want to win, a championship, if Florida is going to want to you know, have an opportunity to beat Georgia and, and go to Atlanta and, and be in the Final Four, they're going to need Anthony Richardson to have that Cam-like performance. And he has that ability. He's, he's not as big. He's still a big kid. I think he has a better arm. He's an electric runner, dangerous in space. He has all those characteristics. He's going to need that type of performance because of the lack of, I guess, well-known talent around him or elite talent around him that's going to support him. And if he does play at that level and they are a 10 win, 11 win team, which I, I don't think we're really anticipating that, he's going to shoot up the highest in ranks. And he's going to have an opportunity in these first two weeks. You got obviously Utah and Kentucky at home, two very very good teams. Yeah. Uh, one team that's projected right now by a lot of people to make the playoffs, another team that they have a quarterback and Will Levis that is a possible first or second round draft pick by a lot of people's grades. If he goes out there and performs well, not only does Florida shoot up the rankings, but now all of a sudden Anthony Richardson is a household name, and then that comparison to Cam is only going to snowball from there. So I saw some good things from last year. I also saw some really bad things. So we'll see what we're going to get from him early on and what this team's going to look like. But uh, benefits, benefits, benefits. It's at home, crowd noise. Uh, utah the humidity some stuff we've talked about before hey. i think florida and him could make this a very interesting game come saturday
2: i mean it's a great opportunity for billy napier as he begins this new tenure because mm-hmm. i don't know that i've ever seen more of a house money situation here and, like it does not matter if he loses. Utah's top ten. He should lose even at home. It doesn't matter. Like this is supposed to be Utah's year, and that's why I say they are the team that must win more than any other. Because if they're really supposed to be the Pac-12 champion, which remember we gave him the Papa Carlin Parlay special. I hope you took advantage. But if they're really supposed to win the Pac-12, if they're truly a top ten team, a truly a playoff threat of a team, they must be able to handle a middle to maybe right below middle sec team where let's just say middle of the pack they should be able to handle a middle of the pack sec team i don't care if it's on the road i don't care if it is in the like i don't care about how intimidating the swamp is which for what it's worth i do think the swamp is the toughest place to play in the entire sec none of that matters okay for wading in utah everything you've done through the years has been leading up to this moment you cannot afford here in week one to trip and fall flat on your face. And a lot of that's going to come down to, um, well, how they're going to make Anthony Richardson look. We'll see. And then uh, I like Napier uh, long-term. I really do. I just think with what Dan Mullen left, maybe some of the lack of recruiting that, well, it's a, it's a big ask here in game number ask. one. Uh, I, t- I took Utah to cover, by the way, in case anybody wants to hop on my awful picks. Uh, one and one. one. Last week, by the way, Aaron, I, I got sucked That's into the Frosty for Boys.
3: 500, fi, you, 500, got, you got me sucked well, into the damn Frosty Boys. Yeah,
2: what are you going to do, dude? Kicking the oh. dick. Uh, I was going to say, speaking of, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, we talked to Brett McMurphy earlier today, Action Sports Networks, Brett McMurphy, the guy who breaks literally every major college football story nowadays, including the most recent one in which the Big 12 has moved up the uh, media rights negotiations of their deal by one year to directly compete with the Pac-12. What does it mean for college football? Well, here it is, our sit down with the Action Sports Networks, Brett McMurphy He's there to work. welcome in our first ever guest here on Snaps, and that is the man who seems to have every single scoop in college football. Of course, I'm talking about Action Network College Football Insider, Brett McMurphy at Brett underscore McMurphy on Twitter. Brett, what's going on, man? Thank you so much for making some time for us today. Uh, I know you stay incredibly busy. Uh, thank you.
4: Oh, you got it. You got it. Good Good to be with you guys, and I uh, just want to let you know you're outnumbered two Tampa guys to one. so be careful.
3: Oh wow, dude! Okay, yeah. Where are you? Where were you from in Tampa?
4: I'm up in North Tampa. Moved here okay. a long time ago, uh but have been here uh
3: like the Lutz area, or what? What part of Tampa? It's
4: like Citrus Park.
3: Okay, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I'm I'm, know, I'm originally I, from Lutz. I'm from Lutz, and then moved to South Tampa in high school. So I know the area well. I used to used to do. Uh, I don't want to say bad things. I was a good kid, but Citrus Park Mall was the hangout uh, spot on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, <after> Friday nights. <laughs> That was yeah. a spot, T. Bob. Citrus so Park Mall.
4: Oh man, no, I, I just... stay away from there. Yeah, you were you were from Lutz until you got recruited down to Plant. But we don't talk. Hey, about hey, that.
3: hey. We don't use that R word on here.
2: No Coach, recruiting we were... has ever gone on in high school, Brett. I don't know what you're talking about. dude. <laughs> yeah, ne- ne- yeah. Next subject. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, Brett. And and what's crazy, man? You have been on fire lately. Uh, College football insider is not just a title, right? Uh, in the day and age where the landscape of college football is shifting and changing constantly, you seem to be breaking all of these biggest stories. Uh, What is your process like? How does this work? Because something happens and you've already got like hundreds of words up and ready to go. Uh, How, how 24 seven is this vocation right now? Yeah.
4: Unfortunately, this is a very, um, you know, it's, you're not, strictly set to a set work schedule which is good and it's also bad and um, basically you know you you talk to a lot of people and you pick up little bits of information and you may get something from one person and store it away and then you're talking to somebody else and they say something and then you're like hey that kind of ties into what I heard last week and you know I was fortunate enough I was I went to all five of the power five conference media days uh, back in July so I was able to, to talk to a lot of ADs, coaches, obviously all five, uh, commissioners. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, working the phones and like, you know, like anything else, like what you guys do, you know, you put in the time and, and it pays dividends, but I, I appreciate the kind words, but yeah, college football has turned into the NFL. It's, it's 365, mm-hmm. uh, 24, seven. Now it's not just, uh, you know, August, to, to December.
3: Well, the first domino fell last year with, with the sec, Uh, making the deal with Disney, ABC, ESPN, and moving over there here in the next couple of years. A little bit ago, the Big Ten makes their big announcement with Fox, CBS, and NBC. And a lot of people with like, oh my goodness, how much money was made in that deal. It's going to be absolutely incredible for those universities. Next up are the other conferences, the Pac-12, the Big Ten. And obviously you're breaking the news about, or excuse me, the Big 12. Uh, The Big 12 starting initial talks with Fox and ESPN, I believe. Uh, your, your thoughts, uh, especially as that conference goes to realignment, losing Texas and Oklahoma here in a couple years.
4: Yeah, Aaron, it kind of all, the, it's weird. The future of the, specifically the Pac-12, um, and to a little bit extent, the Big 12, <clears throat> depends on what the Big 10 does. Because if the Big 10 decides to add four more schools from the Pac-12, then the Pac-12 would be down to six schools. And then at that point, there's four schools the Big 12 would target. And so could there potentially not be a Pac-12 conference three or or four years from now? I would hate to see that happen, but that's a very real possibility. And it wasn't that long ago, we had six power conferences or six automatic qualifying conferences the Big East was one of those, and what happened? Well, the ACC rated the Big East, and then we're left with the Power Five. So are we now going to have a Power Four in a few years? Um, I'd say it's more likely than unlikely, and, and I hate that for college football. I think college football is better when we have all these regional conferences. I'm an old Big Eight guy. I remember we had the Southwest Conference, the WAC, you know, the, the Big East football. Yeah. Um, but, Aaron, I think we're going toward an NFL model. We're going towards two two mega conferences, uh, King Kong and Godzilla. You can, you can pick which one the SEC and Big Ten is. And then the rest, everyone else is just trying to survive. So I think that's probably further down the road, but I think we'll get to the point where both the SEC and Big Ten will have 20 members. And then I don't know what college football will look like at that point.
2: Well, and, and, and Brett, it's kind of fascinating because outside looking in, right, There's almost a proxy war being fought in the media landscape between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 right now, right? Where they're both going, they're trying to get deals on the table or at least general number ranges so they can put it in front of their schools and be like, look, if you come with us, you can expect X. And then the other person does the same thing. So I ask you, as this war is going on, who means more uh, to these media members? a post-USC and UCLA Pac-12, or a post-Texas-Oklahoma Big 12? I think it's very simple. If the Pac-12
4: can stay at 10 schools, then I think they are very comparable with a Big 12 with 12 schools without Oklahoma and Texas. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could argue either way. The Big 12 is more valuable. The Pac-12 is more valuable. I actually believe it's that close. I I could make an argument both ways. However, if the Pac-12 loses Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal to the Pac-12, then those remaining six schools are not as valuable as the Big 12 schools. Then you get to the point where the Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah, may get thrown a lifeline to go to the Big 12. So then the Big 12 would have 16. There wouldn't be a Pac-12. So if the Pac-12 has a 100% ironclad guarantee that they're going to stay at 10 schools. And if I'm them, I don't add San Diego State, I don't add Fresno. There's no schools out there that add value for them. But if they can somehow guarantee that they're going to remain at 10 schools, they'll be all right. They'll survive and we'll have five power leagues. But they're at the mercy of the Big Ten because the Big Ten is so much so much power, powerful. Obviously, they have double the, the, the media rights. So if any Pac-12 school gets an invite from the Big Ten and can double their current media media value, they're going to leave, and so that's kind of where, you know, it's it, it's it's impossible to kind of say which one's more valuable unless you tell me specifically what the makeup of the membership is. So um, that's that's exactly what everyone's trying to find out right now, and you know, I'm sure the Big Twelve is is going to these Pac-12 schools that they have an interest in and say, look, we're going to be talking with with ESPN and Fox, and we'll get some numbers so we can tell you specifically if you come into our conference. Our media rights value is worth this amount compared to if you stay in the Pac-12, it would be this amount. Is there a difference? How much is that enough for these guys to make the jump? I think that's what we'll find out in the in the coming months or or a year or two at the latest.
3: So the the one conference that's been sort of left out of all this discussion, or not obviously not left out, but has not gotten as much uh, or involved, is the ACC. You know, we talk about the Big Ten and what's going on with their media rights and their new deal. Obviously, we've been hitting on. The Big 12 and the Pac 12. I know the ACC with the grant of rights, it's going to be hard for those schools to get out. You discussed the possibility of uh, the inevitable of two mega conferences with the SEC and Big 10. And obviously, it makes sense for the SEC if they're going to expand some more to get some schools from the ACC. Have you heard any more about that possibility of ways to work around those grants of rights to get a, a Clemson or a Florida State or a Miami or some other schools? Uh, to possibly join the SEC sooner rather than later?
4: You know, Aaron, I've been told that multiple team schools within the ACC have looked at the grant of rights deal, looked specifically at the ESPN deal. There's only one copy of that, and it's in the ACC headquarters in North Carolina. And they've had their their lawyers, consultants, whatever, look at this thing to see if there's any wiggle room. And as of right now, nobody has figured out a way Mm. to get out of that. I mean, you may be too young, but the the great uh, the great uh, philosopher Meatloaf had the song Paradise by the Dashboard Light. And that sums up the ACC grant of rights. I swear I'll love you till the end of time. And now I'm praying for the end of time. That's what these (laughs) ACC schools are doing is praying for the for the end of these grant of rights. Because you're absolutely right. Clemson, North Carolina. Virginia, Florida State, those would be the top four targets of the SEC. The Big Ten would love to have Miami. They'd love to have North Carolina. They'd love to have Virginia. Does NC State and Virginia Tech, do they get to go as a package deal with Carolina and Virginia? Those are the schools that would go to the SEC or the Big Ten in some fashion. And so that's why the good news, you know, you're a fan of the ACC is the grant of rights. It seems like nobody can figure a way out of it for another 14 years. The bad news is if you're an ACC school trying to get out, you've got 14 more years. And I want to make something really clear that the, the big 10 or the sec or any conference is not going to get a school out of their existing deal to leave. We'll say, we're talking about the ACC. Those schools have to leave on their own and then apply for membership in the new conference. So the big 10 or the sec is not sitting there thinking, Hey guys, we can figure a way out for you. It's like, Bad analogy. The school's got to figure a way over the wall, and then the Big Ten and SEC will be sitting there with, with the getaway car to drive away, but they're not going to help them break out.
2: Brett McMurphy, talking to Brett Murphy here from the Action Network College Football. Um, Brett, how, much, how about this? Uh, last one here before I let you go. When you look at all of this, all these broad strokes, these major deals that are being struck, uh, we're down here in SEC country. Um, they can be very kind of egocentric when evaluating college football, right? Nobody can touch Greg Sankey, et cetera, et cetera. How much of a win are, is the recent news cycle for Kevin Warren? Not just getting a richer deal, but a shorter deal as well, where you should be able to re up before, uh, Greg Sankey can, and add even more money. Uh, was it a big win for Kevin Warren? Oh,
4: absolutely. I mean, look, it was only a couple of years ago. There were there were several athletic directors. There were several presidents in the league that wanted him gone. The way that uh, the, the Big Ten handled the COVID season, um, you know, they were the first to cancel. There was a lot of miscommunication. You had, I mean, you guys have, have followed, followed, been involved in college football, played it, followed it. When have you ever seen coaches and ADs come out and blast a commissioner publicly yeah. on something they did? Well, you yeah. you think that ever happened to Mike Slive or Greg, Greg Sankey no that's never happened that's how upset they were with what happened with covid that season and it was more the communication than anything else so he goes from that to now you know he he does this almost 7 to 8 billion dollar deal you're going to be on cbs fox nbc and you're going to have all those networks cross promoting big 10 games on other networks which is? Huh, let's see who else does that. Oh yeah, the NFL. He <laughs> he used the NFL model to perfection, and now they're like, when can we lock this guy down and give him an extension, give him a raise? So yeah, he's definitely gone from the outhouse to the penthouse in the minds of, uh, of the big Big Ten people within the Big Ten, and give him credit. You know, he did something that, that the SEC didn't do, and that's get on multiple networks and get multiple networks talking about their product. And you're right, the shorter window, that means it's going to come up sooner. That means potentially you can get more money if you add more teams. Um, But don't feel sorry for the SEC. They're going to get the similar amount of money. And while we're sitting here worrying about the poor old SEC, they're sitting there in their league offices dusting off those 12 national title trophies from the last 16 years.
2: Brett McMurphy at Brett underscore McMurphy on Twitter. College football insider legend. And check it out. You can hear more from Brett all season long on Action Network's college football podcast, Big Bets on Campus. Brett, thanks so much, man. You have a great day. You got it, guys. Thank you. And that's on me, Ryan. I forgot to unmute my mic. Uh, thank you. <laughs> to Brett oh, I'm like, no, it's You're my side. Dude. Did live production. That's on me, dude. Uh, yeah, you did do a good job of awkwardly sitting there and smiling, though, while I walked. Oh, here comes the booze from Brum. I know. I know. Would have been a smooth transition, though. I thanked <laughs> Brett, told people to listen to Big Bets, told them sure to listen to great. Snaps. And right now, though, boys, it's time to have uh, ourselves a little fun, okay? How do you like a little... Preseason Thunderdome. That's right. The last time we can use this preseason title, we all know about the Thunderdome, right? Two men enter, one man leaves. Okay, and so we've paired up some coaches with some questions, and we're going to tell you the answers that you're looking for. Hey, Tebow, what are you drinking, off, by the way? What are you? What are you yeah, drinking little, over there? You, you know what I actually have in here uh do you, you just like have waving it around, it around? I
3: was like what 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 do what we drink it what are we sipping? well now
2: out? i'm kind of using like a prop right i'm kind of using like okay oh, yeah, yeah, that, like a chill prop. but but no uh it's, it's a little hint you know hint water it's got like this little hint of flavor in it just a tiny little baby bit oh, like a, uh, like a meal like a meal in there uh yeah well i mean i guess it, it's the same concept any anything that's yeah. like watered down like you know like um low sugar etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh it's quite good watermelon uh aaron do you
3: put salt on your watermelon <laughs> just my margaritas not not the watermelon really but you, okay you, no i've never i've never heard of that before Try okay. to get down well, the sodium, uh, you know like it's gonna be on tv oh my god here we bit, go not here. puffy here we go tricks of the trade man Cla- get down the salt
2: some classic quarterback bullshit uh it's not scotch that'll be for Saturday show okay not today today we are mm-hmm. sober and clear-minded and ready to roll as we enter the thunderdome Aaron Murray, who wins the next national title out of Nick Saban and Kirby Smart?
3: Oh, it's going to be Nick. And and now I'm like, oh, for two today with Georgia questions. So you're just going to just, just bombard me with this going forward. Uh, you know, I, right now, and I, I don't... See, I I agree with Nick. Last year was a rebuilding year. I I agree, but I just don't like the fact that he said it. Like, you don't have to say that. Let us say that. Like, you just go out there and coach and don't make excuses. Let us make the excuses for you. But it was. It was a year for them, a lot of youth. They got two of the best players in the country. They got a a boatload of talent on defense. You will see what the receivers look like. Uh, I think they got some really good running backs, a great transfer from Georgia Tech. They're loaded, they are absolutely loaded. There is no reason why they should not be in the playoffs. There's no reason why they should not be uh, contending for a national championship. So little bit in favor of the Crimson Tide because the fact that they, they can win and most likely will win this season.
2: Yeah, uh, check this out. How about this? Um, if you are asked any college football question, just answer Nick Saban, and you will be right the vast majority of the time. So, Yes. Nick Saban emerges from the Thunderdome, clutching the bloody head of Kirby Smart. Glad you said it, Aaron. I didn't want to have to say it, you know. Uh, who gets to the playoffs first? Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly. And, uh, Aaron, I'll take this opportunity mm-hmm. to betray my own fan base because while I love the long term potential of Brian Kelly at LSU. I really think it's going to be a resounding success. Last three coaches have all won national championships uh, here at LSU. However, the road to the playoff for USC versus the road to the playoff for LSU is not even close, especially because uh, at USC, you'll probably have a couple years in the Pac-12 to try to get to the playoffs. So, no, Brian Kelly having to work through Kirby Smart and Nick Saban is going to be vastly tougher than uh, Lincoln mm-hmm. Riley having to work through Dan Lanning and and Kyle Woodham, which is respectful. Yep. But but the Dan Lanning was meant with inherent disrespect. So I hate it, but I'm going Lincoln Riley.
3: So I'm going to go with Kelly because of the fact that USC has to do in the next two years before they jump over into the Big Ten. And obviously things get a little bit trickier for them to do it. I look at LSU. I look at the talent that we know that's on that roster. Ten guys drafted last year on a 500 team. That's That's how much uh good was there. And and I do think right now Coach Kelly is a top five coach in America. Uh, I, I've said it for a couple yeah. of years now. He is one of the best coaches in America. You pair great coaching with incredible talent. What does that give you? I don't know. Championships. So th- I think to me, he has an opportunity to turn this program around, not next year, not the year after. I think they're a winning football team this year, kind of my dark horse in the SEC. And I think they get the ship going in the right direction starting next year. Uh, and, and, and I would say year three are very competitive with getting to Atlanta uh, in order to get to the SEC. And as, as we know, if you can win in Atlanta, you're going to be in the playoffs at the end of the day. So I just don't like if, 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 if the Pac-12 and USC, USC, if they weren't moving, then I would say them. But I just don't see them making it in the next two years.
2: Uh okay, okay, they're, okay, they're making the LS. Look at this. A little freaky Friday role reversal on a Wednesday. Uh, next up, in the Thunderdome, as the bloody corpses of Kelly and Kirby are dragged out, who will own the state of Texas? Steve Sarkeesian or Jimbo Fisher?
3: Uh, Aaron, I'll let you start this one. I'm going to go with, with Jimbo. I think I think Texas A and M is a lot of people are feeling them this year. I'm not yet, and and you know my feelings about Haynes King. I just until I see it, I, I still think that's a negative for the team. To me, it's it's once again the fact that they're lacking depth and experience at receiving at the receiving position is why you're going with more of a running quarterback. But they've recruited extremely well. This class this past year was incredible. They're going to have some value this year, but I see that class and the, and the past couple of classes really starting to emerge in 2024, or 2023, excuse me, and in 2024. I think you see A&M get to being a little bit and a lot more consistent and, and, and starting to flirt with more 10-win seasons and obviously opportunities to get into the playoffs. So I think long-term success. I'm going to go with Jimbo, and plus he's won a championship as a head coach. He knows what it takes. There's a reason why they brought in the AM. I think they're knocking on the door. I think they're one or two years away from being a team that is, is a legitimate contender in the SEC West.
2: Uh, it's obviously Jimbo, right? Everything's bigger in Texas. Jimbo, Jumbo. Jumbo means big. Jimbo's only one letter away. Steve Sarkeesian, S, S. What else smart starts with S? Small, okay? They just had the number one recruiting class of all time. It's obviously A&M. I'm not a Sark believer at all. Uh, okay, so Sarkeesian dragged out. Dead. Who will own the state of Florida? Mario Cristobal or Billy Napier? Uh look, I like what Cristobal's doing at Miami. I like the potential there. The problem is it feels like so much of the monetary momentum that they have comes from one man and Ruiz, right? This great single donor, whereas Florida seems to have this better collective. Also, maybe I'm just being a bit Louisiana biased here, but I know how hard it is to win at UL like Billy Napier did. And uh, I think he's going to be uh, fantastic. And yes, I think you will see. Uh, Florida finish uh, higher on the recruiting trail than does uh, Miami a consistent amount of time?
3: Well, I think you'll see Miami better records in the first year or two. I think this year I would favor Miami. Uh, Next year I'd I'd probably favor Miami. But as Billy gets going, and we know they just built a brand new $85 million facility, Gainesville and academics, uh, there's just a lot of positive that Florida can recruit to. Now you have a guy that's going to go out there and hustle you alluded to the Gator Collective's doing a great job there, uh, head up by Eddie Royos. So I think Florida's positioning itself for success in a few years. It's going to take time for them to catch up because the East obviously is a lot more competitive than what has to happen in, in the ACC. Uh, so give Florida two, three years, and let's get back to this conversation. So if you're looking for an immediate who's better today, this year, next year, I'm going with Christobal, But for, for the long-term yeah, success. Fine. The team that I'm thinking that could get back to a national championship sooner than the other, I put my money on Florida. Uh,
2: Okay, and the final SEC Thunderdome of the day, or uh, preseason Thunderdome, who is the big bad? And I mean the B1G, the Big Ten. Who's the baddest guy in the conference? Is it Ryan Day, or is it Jim Harbaugh?
3: (sighs) If this is a debate, uh, we should be fired. It's Ryan Day. And there, there's no question about this one. I mean,
2: wait, 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 Coach wait. So, Aaron, ball. you're saying,
3: wait, wait hold, hold on now. Pre, you're saying. Are we staying, talking about pre comments about his quarterback or post comments about his quarterback?
2: No, 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 no. What you're saying, though, you're saying it's not even a debate. You're saying the difference is day and night.
3: Was that wait, supposed wait, to be it funny,
2: it? too? Ryan Day, get it? Uh, <laughs> Ryan Day and night. Okay, yeah. God, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get your puns. Okay, okay. We're gonna get it. Don't We're worry, dude. We're out of water. Uh yeah, man. It's dude, it's obviously Ryan Day, right? What are we talking about, dude? Jim yeah. Harbaugh had the really good year. He punched back last year, but Ohio State right now looks like maybe the most unstoppable team in the entire country. Ryan Day, we know nothing about him. Like we said the other day, he's the Starks of the North. He's the big bad guy. Sorry, Harbaugh. Get the hell out of here. Plus, your quarterback situation is is kind of a joke right now, especially compared to C.J. Stroud. Yep. Hey, you. look, huge thank you to everyone who joined us on today's snaps. Uh, look, go ahead and like and subscribe right here on the YouTube volume. Uh the YouTube the volume youtube channel subscribe to the podcast as well help us grow the show we are so excited and thankful for this opportunity shout out to fanduel shout out to our excellent producer ryan brumley thank you aaron murray and we'll be back again tomorrow 2 p.m eastern 1 p.m central with a brand new right. snaps